Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Wonderful to be here, Lord. We thank you for everything that's already happened, Lord, that we are able to get into your presence. Lord, thank you as you help us today as we minister the word. We trust you, Father God, and know that we cannot do anything of our own, Father. So thank you for helping me, speaking through me, Father. Thank you for giving everyone ears to hear your word. And we give you all the praise and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And so as you know, we're starting a new series today, and we're calling it Supernatural. And just so you kind of have the roadmap, it'll go through November for four weeks. So here's a roadmap of what we're going to look at. Uh, uh, it's going to be really, real simple, more than human. We're going to talk about more than human today. And then uh, Patsy's getting back in a few days, and so she's going to, going to take next week, and she's going to talk about put it under. And uh, so you th- that's... And sh- uh, sh- she preached a message like that years ago, and I remembered when we start doing this, and I thought, you know, she really has some revelation about that, so she'll be doing next week. And then the week after, it's called just leadings, and because we're supernatural, we can be led by the Holy Ghost, so we're going to talk about uh, Holy Ghost leadings, supernatural leadings. And then week four, we're going to have a week where we actually have a lot of, it's an interactive thing with testimonies where you actually hear the results of supernatural like miracles and healings and it, so it'll be a combination of teaching and testimonies and Patsy's going to lead that week so that's what we got in store uh, for the month of November so today getting into this uh, more than human we, we want to talk about more than human and I know that some of you guys remember that I you know tell my stories about being uh, a bodybuilder you know and I used to be a bodybuilder you know and and uh, people used to laugh a lot harder than they do now thank you for being nice but when when we when we talk about you know more than human we're not talking about like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Lou Ferrigno and, and these guys and like having all these muscles it's not about physical strength when we talk about more than human and actually we don't war against flesh and blood but we, our warfare is in the realm of the spirit as Christians. So talking about being more than human doesn't mean, you know, you can have the smallest person and they can be so powerful. Now, I don't know if any of you ever heard of John Osteen. He's gone home to be with the Lord. Anybody ever hear of John Osteen? But he was a TV minister, and I used to see him on television. And then uh, he was friends with the minister that I serve, so I was uh, taking care of the minister that I used to serve uh, and help and bless. And John Osteen was one of the co-speakers. And so I met him in person. And I was like really shocked because he looked like a, he was so powerful in the spirit. And I just saw him on TV and I was sure he was like that. And he was about that tall. And I thought, wow, you know, and my father always told me, because my father was about that tall, he said, good things come in small packages. And also, powerful things can come in small packages. And Smith Wigglesworth said, he said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. So that's the cool thing about it. You know, it really isn't our, it isn't our physical statue when we talk about these things, but it's, it's the realm of the Spirit and who we are that way. Okay, so here's the main text we want to look at for this series. Uh, I was just l- reading this text and this one phrase jumped out at me and then it came onto my heart to do this series. So 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 3 it says, For you are still carnal, uh, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, 
are you not carnal? And here's the, the phrase that came, that just jumped out, behaving like mere men. Behaving like mere men. And that just kind of got my attention there. And so I just thought it's, it's interesting because when you become a Christian, uh, then, you know, you have these two different things. You're, 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 you're in the realm of the spirit, but we still have our flesh. And so there's the flesh and there's the spirit. And the Bible actually says that, you know, you can, you can follow one or the other. You can follow the natural or you can follow the supernatural. And it's really up to us, you know, to make our, you know, choices on what we're going to follow. So we want to talk about this. But here's a few other translations on this little phrase here. So uh, one translation says, in the manner of men do walk. So like there's a manner that normal men walk and there's a, a manner that supernatural men or women walk. And another translation says, behaving yourselves after a human standard. So there's like a human standard, but then there is a supernatural standard, okay? Another translation says, are you not influenced by the flesh and behaving like unregenerate people? Okay, so there's unregenerate people are those that do not know, have Jesus as Lord, and we, the ones that are Christian, we are the ones that have been regenerated, okay? And then another translation says, are you living like people? Aren't you living like people of the world? So there are those that are not saved, they're the people of the world. We are the people of the kingdom of God. So this is what we want to talk about uh, as we go on into this series, okay? So the supernatural walk. You could say that there's like a, a plain normal walk, but then there is a supernatural walk. And we want to talk about the supernatural walk, okay? So here's an interesting thought. The scriptures really make it clear that after you become a Christian, there's more, okay? So, I mean, all the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner comes to the Lord. And we also get really happy ourselves when we see a sinner turn to the Lord. It's a wonderful thing when somebody decides to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Uh, but then we see in the scriptures that there's actually more after that. It's not like the end. It's the beginning of something. So there is the natural, the, uh, the natural man thinks one way, the supernatural man thinks another way. So when you become a Christian, you know, you're going to start thinking differently than you used to think. The natural man talks one way. The supernatural man talks a different way. The natural man behaves one way. The supernatural man behaves another way. And so on and so forth. So we could say it like this, that natural is dead, okay, and supernatural is alive. And that's real simple, but it's a, a simple way to say it. And that, when I thought, when that phrase, when that just came into my heart, then these two scriptures came back to me out of Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, where it says, present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And then it says, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Okay, so there is this thing about when we become Christians, we are alive unto God. And then this other scripture in verse 13, it says, present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. Okay, uh, I think I read the wrong one first, didn't I? All right, so I'll go to verse 11 first. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God. That was the first scripture I should have read. So you notice these two scriptures talk about being alive unto God. And so that, that's what we are. So I, I just kind of had this 
come into my thought about like light bulbs and candles about dark and light because when we become a Christian, you know, we leave darkness and we come into light. We leave death and we come into life. So the, these, these kind of like, if we look at these light, like bulbs, like the bulbs, you can put those up there. And so like, you know, if you really, that, you know what that re- really reminded me of is we're in a world and the people of this world that don't know the Lord and then somebody says, Jesus, you're my Lord. I confess you as Lord. And then all of a sudden they become alive and they become light. And I thought that really described that really well. And then here's another one. And same thing, just a different one. And then here's another one. You know how the Bible says to let your light shine? Uh, This here just thought, you know, a candle in the dark. So when we become Christians, we become lights. Our our light shines, you know. Uh, So here's here's this phrase came into my heart that supernatural starts on the inside and it shows up on the outside, okay? And that's, this is what we want to talk about. So, uh, you know, as I said, I used to be a bodybuilder. And so when I start going that way, I start going that way about 16 or 17 years old or somewhere way back then. And our next-door neighbors, it's back in the days when you actually knew your neighbors, you know? <laughs> And uh, so we, we were, clo- you know, we had a, about six or seven of our neighbors that we spent time with and we hung out together. So when I start lifting weights, my one next door neighbor, he was the Italian one, uh, fellow Italian, he said, you know, you better watch out because if you start lifting weights, he said, when you get older, it's all going to turn to fat and flab. And I go, oh, you know, I didn't know that. And so I, I thought it was, but I, it didn't stop me. But then I actually read up on it. I found, because I used to read those bodybuilding magazines, you know. That, that was like what I liked. And I would, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, all those guys that used to be in the body. And I used to read those things. So I ran across this article, and it says that, you know, it says that there's two kinds of cells in your body. There's fat cells, and there's muscle cells. And fat cells cannot turn into muscle and muscle cells cannot turn, turn into fat. They're two distinct different cells. So depending on how we tend to them, they both can grow or shrink. And I thought, well, that's the answer, that muscle can't turn to fat, so that's wrong. You know? And so I, I'm going to continue in uh, weightlifting because according to that, it's not going to happen. And, I, and so if you think about this now, that you know, there's these two different things, it's how we feed them and how we tend to them that makes whether or not they grow or shrink, all right? Well, the same thing is true that we actually have still this flesh that we have to deal with, but then we are supernatural. However we tend to each one of those, they will, whatever we feed and tend to the most is what's going to dominate us. So if we feed the flesh, you know, it's going to become stronger even though we are supernatural, It'll become stronger than we are. And so we have to actually make choices to feed our spirit and to feed the spirit man. So that is not the weaker one. Okay, and we'll talk a little more about that as we go. But uh, this came into my heart that the supernatural man is fueled by God's word and his Holy Spirit. Not really very complicated, uh, but that's really how it happens. So a friend of ours, a fruitful minister that many of you may even know the name if I called it around my age now, uh, years ago when we all served together at the same ministry, 
during Christmas vacation, which is only two weeks if you live in the States, so we had a two-week Christmas vacation. We all went away, and we got back after Christmas to go back to work, to work again. And so he told Patsy and I, he said, you know, I just thought I'm going to just not even read my Bible for two weeks. I'm not going to do any praying. I'm just going to watch TV and eat for two weeks. And so he did. But then he came back. He goes, wow. And he, he, this is a quote. He said, he, he, you know, he told us it was such a challenge to get back. He goes, and so he said, I fed the flesh for two weeks and my flesh liked it. That's what he said. And he said, I had to make like a quality decision to get back into God's word. And he said, you know, it, it was like a little bit difficult. So it is interesting if you just get to where you just feed the flesh and feed the flesh, you know, you actually have to make a quality decision to get out of there and get back. Now that doesn't mean we don't have recreation. Uh, I, I like something another missionary told me a long time ago. He says, you know, we work really hard when we work, but then we play hard when we play. And they don't, of course, their play didn't include sin, you know what I'm saying? But he said, you work hard and you play hard. So recreation is good. But, you know, it's, it's good to press in, too. So here's what James 1.21 says about this. It says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Okay, so this is like telling us the solution to all of this. It says, if we receive with meekness the implanted word, it would be able to save our souls. Now, if you're not real studied up in this yet, and maybe you're newer in the Lord, uh, here's something to, to help. Like, and most of the world doesn't know this, but they just think that we're, we're, we're flesh and we're soul. But a lot of people in the world that aren't Christians, they don't know that we're spirit. We, we are, have a soul, and we live in a body. That We are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. And a lot of people in the world don't know that. But Christians, we should know that. So it's interesting that it says now when you receive the implanted word, the word gets implanted in our spirits. Okay, so it says now when you receive that word that gets implanted in you, if you do that, it will do then something. It will save your soul. Okay, so notice that the, what really needs to be saved, we could even say renewed, is this little bump sitting on our shoulders you know as we looked at that i thought i had a pretty big bump there that video but you know it's this it's this bump sitting sitting on our shoulders so uh and it's it's really uh it's it's the mind needs renewed it's not really the physical head okay so it's it's interesting how uh that that he doesn't say now listen have hands laid on you and if you have hands laid on you, it'll renew your mind. Or he doesn't say, have somebody pray for you, and if somebody prays for you, it will renew your mind. Or have, you know, you know, if somebody gives you a prophecy about how you're going to be a spiritual giant, that'll be it. You'll be totally renewed. Or it doesn't say, you know, get motivated, get excited. It, you know, it, it doesn't say any of those. It's actually, it says now, all of us as Christians, it says, if you receive with meekness the implanted word, that is what is able to save the soul. Now, here's the thing. Once the soul gets saved, you understand, when we get a renewed mind and our mind is in agreement with our spirit, then we can overcome and we can get through life awesomely. 
And so it's a real big thing to get this up here in line with God's Word and also get it caught up to what we already have in us. And that's what that's talking about, okay? So the number one thing that happens first is the soul gets saved. And so I, I put that up there. The first thing that gets saved is our soul. Okay. Now we are, and, I, and when I say that, you understand you're a Christian, but once you become a Christian, we're supernatural. If we want to act differently than the world, if we want to talk differently than the world, if we want to think differently than the world, then this thing has to happen where we get this up here renewed. Okay. So... <clears throat> Let's break this verse down a little bit. If you, if, can you put that up there again, that verse in James? And let's just break it down a little bit. So the verse in James, notice how it says that. It says, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. You know, so this book of James, when you read the beginning, it's, it's written to the brothers, you know? And so this, this just always speaks so much on how God loves us. Before we're saved, God loves us the way we are. But then after you become a Christian, because this is written to Christians, it's even more proof that God continues to love us and he doesn't give up on us. So it says now, put away filthiness and rampant wickedness. This is like talking to Christians that are not really being godly right now. So it says, you know, put that aside. And then when you put that aside, do the other thing, receive with meekness the implanted word that's able to save your soul. So you see that, you know, uh, God doesn't give up on Christians. And he basically says, if you're doing ungodly things, you'll have to set that aside first. And you say, well, why is that? Well, it's kind of hard to concentrate on two different things. And so if you're dabbling around and doing all those kind of things, there's a really good chance that you're not really hungry for God's word or you don't really want to have a lot to do with God's word so the Lord knows that he knows that you know I know that they say ladies uh, more than men they're like they can multitask where men generally speaking they do one thing where ladies can multitask but even though that is true you know I don't think many people can multitask in this area if they're dabbling around in one thing the Lord says okay you set that aside and then when you set that aside it says then receive with meekness the implanted word so am i telling you that um that you're able to clean your life up on your own i'm not saying that okay so you, you can't no one can clean up their life and change their behavior on their own but what what this would mean is like this it's like a christian saying you know i'm not living right lord and, and, I, and i don't want to do this so I, I just i choose to walk away from that and so you walk away from it but that's only step one, because if you want to stay away from that, because you can't do it on your own, if you want to stay away from that, you'll have to do that other one. You receive with meekness the implanted word. And meekness really means humility. Okay, it means humility. And so why, why would it say that? Well, because knowledge puffs up and love edifies. And so we have to always stay like teachable. I remember when we were in Singapore, and you know, Asians, and they, they have a really reputation to, for, to be educated. There's a lot of pressure in Singapore for education, and uh, it starts when you're just a little child, and so they're really like an educated group. So I remember you know, being repetitious. We, we didn't pastor in Singapore, but we did a Bible school, and I, I'm thinking, man, you know, they don't seem really excited about what I just preached, and so I said to somebody, I said, you know, you know, did that, you get anything from that? And they, well, they said, you said that a while back. We got that already, you know, 
give us something new because they can just be like that. I got, got that, got that, got that. You know, they're just, they got it. Intelligent people. But here's the thing. It's like our intelligence isn't what's going to get us by. It's not, just intel- it's not that you heard it before and you want something new. It's actually, if you want to have a victorious Christian life, there's a repetitious thing involved, and we have to keep going back to the things that we've already heard. So when it says receive with meekness or teachable, it's saying that we have to stay teachable. So if somebody says, well, we're going to have a healing service. Well, I'm not sick, and I already know about healing, so I'm not coming. You know, and, you, and we can all be that way. Or we're going to do this. Well, I, I don't want to really, I know about that, so I don't, you know, when we start doing that, we're leaving the meek, we're leaving that meek place and we're getting into a different place. So it's like saying that we already know that. So it says now you, you have to get in this position of humility and you receive with meekness the implanted word. Uh, I, I was amazed up there in Papua New Guinea this time, my brother-in-law was just preaching on uh, some things about how God wants to prosper and, and everything like that. And the, they're, they're so quick. They're so quick to act on the word that the senior pastor told the ones, the one that was on the screen. He told them they, they had these like wooden boxes and they got four of them. Their church, you know, there was a couple thousand people at the conference and it kept it grew every night. So they were like all out in the grass in all the areas. So he put these four wooden boxes that you know have a little slit on top that you can put your offering. So he he told them right during the preaching to get those boxes out and people start bringing their offering right while they were teaching on. They were teaching on the sub. My brother-in-law was teaching on that subject. And so I talked to my brother-in-law. I said, I wasn't, he said, I wasn't looking for that. I was just really teaching. I didn't, he didn't have to do that. And I said, isn't it interesting how quick they want to act on the word? And so it's, it's interesting that this same book says that it's not just the hearers of the word that are blessed, it's the doers. So actually, for us Christians, the quicker that we act on what we know the quicker we get results. So it's a blessing to hear the word and we really get uplifted, but it's actually a greater best blessing when we actually, what we hear, we actually start doing it. Now I wanna make this comment because you see, every time we say something like I just said, people can get into legalism and they can get into works. And then they'll go away and they'll say, well, I'm, I'm not doing very much of the word and I'm not reading enough and I'm not praying enough. And as soon as you get there, it's kind of like legalism and then you start condemning yourself and you feel guilty, then, then you just remove yourself from any kind of position to get blessed. So as we are doing our journey, we have to know that there is not condemnation from God and there is not guilt from God concerning our growth. We cannot change ourselves, and we should always know that God is with us He loves us. He's totally for us. He's patient. He's the God of all patience, okay? And as we're doing this thing, it's really important because, you know, there's no doubt about it. Anybody that gets into guilt or condemnation, those are killers. They will kill Christian progress, okay? So I'm not, and so with that, I'm not saying like, oh, just go out and be loose and do anything you want. I'm not saying that, but you have to understand guilt and condemnation will kill. It's not somewhere we want to go. So we have to know that God knows everything about us. He knows where we are. He's the God of all patience. He's God. He is love. He's, he's going to stay with us. So based on all that, he's saying now, if lay aside that stuff, okay, and then turn this way, and then if you get, become very meek and teachable, like as if you, you can say, like, you just never heard, like, eat the word. Did you ever eat a steak? And it's like, 
you've eaten many steaks, but man, that nice juicy pork chop or steak, lamb chop comes out, man, it's like you've eaten them before, but you can't wait to tear into it. It's like, because why? You know, you're hungry, smells good. Well, the word tastes good, and we just need to have that thing about the word, like you humble yourself and say, give me the word. Did anybody ever see the movie Luther? It was a wonderful movie. I, I wish, boy, we should find that and show it to the church. But it, it was a, you know, that one British guy played the, the main part in it, which I can't, I don't remember movie stars' names, but, um, but there was one part there where this German, this German minister, I don't know if he was denominational, but Martin Luther had the Bible in that language. And they were talking, and and he was going to give this Bible to the German guy, and he kept talking. And the German guy finally goes, give me my, that Bible, give me, the, give me that. And he started going like that. You know, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, like a softie during movies, and I just broke out crying because he wanted the Bible in his language so bad. You know, he was so hungry for God's word. So that, that's what that's telling us, you know, like receive that word with that kind. And then that is what's going to change and renew our minds. Okay, so a saved soul means that we think like God, and thinking like God changes us. I know it's really simple, but it's, it's so simple. A saved soul means that we think like a renewed mind, a saved soul. It means that we are thinking like God, and that's what changes us. And it's a permanent change, permanent change, forever. So... Um, I, I, I grew up, and my father got saved later in life. He eventually became an alcoholic, and he, was a, he liked to brawl. He liked to complain and argue and all that stuff. And then Patsy, she grew up in a pastor's home, and her family is very, you know, just so gentle and soft-spoken and so polite. So when we first got married, it was like the contrast of visiting my family. Now, my family was saved, but they're still Italian and they're loud, you know. And then Patsy's family, they don't interrupt each other and they wait for each other to finish. That's, that's really different, you know. Our family's still working on that. <laughs> but so, you know, my father, I would go to the, you know, to the, you go out with, to deal with merchants, whoever they would be, car salesmen, people at stores, anything, and he would... He would argue and say, this is what I want, and this is what's going to happen, and you're going to do it this way, and blah, blah, blah. And he would just go at him. And so I kind of, you get that kind of in you, right? And so I think it was 23 years ago that we moved to Italy, and we started off in Sicily. You know, and they, you know, they had a thing there. And, you know, in the Italian language, domani means tomorrow. And it's like, you know, you're get, you're, you want to get things done, but they always say, he would go, especially our landlord, he would go, Tony, domani. And he would go, domani. And so then there was something we needed done, and then he said, Tony. He goes, dopo, domani. Dopo means after. That means the day after tomorrow. It, it's, he started to put it off, dopo, domani. So I told Patsy, I wish I could speak Italian better because I would really like to tell them how stupid they are, but I can't get it out, which was a good thing. But 23 years ago, I, was, I, I realized that I was more like my father than I was like my heavenly father, okay? So then I would watch Patsy as we, I, at th that time we were only married four years, um, 
So I would watch her, and no matter if we were at the airport, if we are at a store, if she's on the telephone talking to somebody about, she was like so polite and so kind, like, how was your day? And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, and... <laughs> But it's almost like 100%, 100% of the time they gave her exactly what she needed and sometimes even more. Changing airline tickets that you should have paid a penalty on and we'll just do it for you. And I'm thinking, wow, that is like, my father wouldn't have done it that way. So, you know, then this is how simple this is. Like Proverbs chapter 15 and verse one, that says like a soft answer turns away wrath but harsh words stir up anger. So what, what I'm talking, I'm, I'm, if that can make this really simple, that the word of God changes this, and when this gets changed, we get changed. And Patsy grew up in that kind of environment where they knew the word and they, they lived the word, and I didn't. And I started thinking, wow, you know, that's, that's really, that can work, okay? And so it's, it's that kind of stuff. Like I remember, like I grew up and my father always told me, he said, you know, you, you work for what, you, you don't get things free, you have to work for everything. Did anybody else grow up with that? So my father was big on that. You don't get things for free, you work for it. Don't expect things for free, you work for it. Well, you don't realize then you become a Christian and you start giving your tithe, but then you think, well, I'm giving it, but you know, I still got to work for everything, so that's, there goes my 10%, but, but, you know, that's just 10% less. But then, like, somebody, when, when I was at uh, Bible school, somebody put this, I, I needed money, and somebody put an envelope on my door, and they put the scripture, Mark eleven twenty three, 23, and it had cash in it. And I, I took it in, and I said to my brother, you guys probably, I think I told this before, but I said, did you do this? And he said, no, I'm serious, I didn't do it. I said, but it's like somebody put, and, and I, it actually came out of my mouth. I didn't work for this. And you see how the way that we think can limit God from working in our life? That was kind of like a big breakthrough. It wasn't a lot of money, but I was able to pay my bill. But this whole thing about, well, you, you only can get what you work for. Actually, wherever you work, you see, this is what I'm talking, it's just so simple. When this gets changed, you start thinking different. You start thinking bigger. You start expecting things. So you, you put your tithe in, and once the tithe goes in and the offerings and all that go in, you can expect God to bring things back to you. So if somebody's a business person, you can expect customers and call customers in. You know, every Christian, you know, you can believe that God will bless you above your salary if or your hourly wage, whatever one it would be, that God will bless you uh, above that. So you start thinking, uh, when this changes, everything changes. Uh, another thing that, that uh, when we went on our honeymoon, I think I told you this one too, that we went on our honeymoon and I, I, I was concerned that I was gonna charge the credit cards up because that's like 27 years ago and I've come a long way with thinking about finances and getting out of that, like I had a poverty mentality growing up so I like booked like places in this one place that we had to share. We're on our honeymoon in Italy. We had to like walk down the hall and share a bathroom and there were some kind of bugs in our room on the mattress and Patsy goes, you know, I booked everything. She goes, what, what is this? We're on our honeymoon. I said, well, I wanted to make sure I could pay the credit cards off. But that's where I was. Yeah, I did pay the credit cards off, by the way. <laughs> Two weeks ago, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
But, but, but you, you, know, you know what I'm saying there. So, you know, when this changes, everything changes. So I was talking to Annalisa when I, when I went. She called. This is like on a phone call. So, you, you know, we, we talk on FaceTime and that kind of thing. And she told me that her supervisor went on a, a two-week trip and she gave her assignment. My, my daughter is in China, and she's uh, working with the children's ministry. So she, there is somebody over the children's department, and then my daughter uh, works under her. And because of the finances over there and everything, and it's an international church with, with CEOs and corporate leaders and all that kind of stuff, they, they uh, have good money coming in. So they gave, the reason you never heard us raise any money and help our daughter get on the mission field is because they gave her a contract and they even paid for her tickets to get there, and they gave her a contract and all that stuff. So it's a different way to be a missionary, uh, so we didn't have to raise any money. But I'm, I'm making a point here. You know, when you get a contract and you, you know, say, well, this is what we want you to do, I was really proud of my daughter because she told me, and this comes from the Bible too and knowing God's word and be, having a servant's heart. She said, you know, she gave me a bunch of work to do while she was gone. I finished it in two days. She goes, you know what I did? I went over to the administration department and I said, hey, I'm done with all my work. How can I help you? And she was going around to all the different departments and she was going, how can I help you? And I said, I'm, real, I'm like really proud of you. You know, and, and so this whole thing, I know we're in a different world and there's contracts now. When I was young, you know, this whole thing, workplace safety wasn't where it's at and, and bullying didn't exist and all this kind of stuff. It, it wasn't there. So, you know, you could, all that stuff is going on. So now we're in this world where there's a contract and you just do exactly what's in the contract. But, you know, for anybody that works for somebody, the best way for them to get favor with whoever you work with out there, uh, you know, is to go beyond your contract because that's just the way, of, that's the way to get promoted. Like you finish your job, you finish your work and go up to the supervisor or your boss and say, is there anything I can do? I'm done with all my work, I'll help you do anything. You know, it's kind of quiet in this Presbyterian church. Okay, so the soft answer turns away wrath, you know, so here's what I, it's just real simple stuff. The strongest person isn't always the loudest person that the strongest person isn't always the best disputer. All right, so here's, uh, here's the thought here, that God, God's word works with his life in us. So it says receive with meekness the implanted word. God's word is in us, okay? So it says receive with meekness the implanted word. It, his word works with his life on the inside of us. Look at this other scripture, Philippians 2 and verse 12. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, then look at how it says, it, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, there's a lot of stuff that it says there, because first of all, remember I said earlier that once we get saved, that's not where it stops. It's, it's actually where it starts. So that scripture says the same thing. It says, you're saved now. Okay, now that you're saved, it says now, uh, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we shouldn't be afraid of God. He's not gonna put guilt and condemnation on us. But notice there that God really does care about us maturing. It, it means something to God. So we get into the kingdom of God and, and he wants us to mature. So, you know, everyone's in a different place, but, you know, what can you do to sit under the word? I mean, like we, we uh, uh, you know, what we, when Jesus walked, I'll just say it this way, when Jesus walked on the earth, he told Peter three different times, he said, do you love me? Yeah. 
He said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. So, you know, the number one thing, it's not like, uh, you know, my, my job isn't to relate to you. My job is actually to feed you and anybody else that stands behind this pulpit, whoever stands behind a pulpit, their number one thing, Jesus said, if you love me, he said, feed my sheep. That's the best thing you can do. And you can see this by the whole thing about feed my sheep. Uh, that's what he wants more than anything, that he actually cares about us after we get saved just as much as he did you know, to get us out of hell. He, got it, he delivered us from going to hell, but once we get saved, he wants us to grow and to mature, and you see that there. So it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, so it's kind of like this. When we got saved, God, he imparted a lot of stuff in us. We got a lot of stuff put in us. And now what he's saying is, I got all this stuff in you. I don't want that stuff to lay dormant that I put in you. He says, so that stuff that's on the inside of you, you need to get that stuff on the inside working on the outside. And so it manifests in all kinds of ways. Like, uh, you know, you get rid of the poverty mentality. You actually have, you can, a, a gentle word turns away wrath. You know, walking in love. All of the various things, that starts working on the outside. Now, some, somebody would say, you know, well, I work with all, you know, rough people, and all they're ever doing is cussing. And if I don't, if I don't stand up to them and, and, and treat them the way that they're treating me, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll have the advantage. Now, I, you know, I worked, I worked in a machine shop, and I, I was the number one cusser, and then I got born again, and then I, I you know, you've heard that story. I went back, and, and, and I would never cuss in front of those guys again, and I didn't, I didn't play their games. Now, they wrote stuff on the bathroom wall about me, and I'm thinking, well... I'll take the persecution, but I'm not going down to your level. Here's what Paul said in, first, in Colossians 1 and verse 27. He said, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Okay? So Christ in you. All right? Uh, that, that he's talking about glory and all this on the inside of us because Christ gets in there. And then, uh, then I like this next verse. He said, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Now, now this is Paul's main thing. You know, he, notice how important it is to him to present everyone mature in Christ. And then verse 29, look at this. He said, so he said, for this... Can you guys say that with me? Say, for this, I toil. Then he said, now, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. It's like Paul was consumed with people maturing. There was something working on the inside of him, and he couldn't escape it. He couldn't escape it. So, you know, the number one thing is we personally should get consumed where we want to grow and get mature, but then, you know, as people start growing and get, getting matured, then you can start helping other people, you know, helping other people. And so even right now, we have a team that they've been, you know, Patsy's leading that team, and she's been away, so they have things on hold, but we put a team together of about five or so people, and they are brainstorming on how we can develop our spiritual growth and leadership systems that we want to place into the church because, well, it's just we can't get away from it. We just, you know, we have the same thing going on that we, we are, we have to do this with everything in us working. We, you can't get away from it. You want to see people grow. 
And, and you know, so even just showing up uh, on a weekly basis is a thing because, uh, you know, we, I, I know this, you know, put a lot of time into what we do on Sunday morning with the thought that the, everyone builds upon, you know, so you, if you can make it every week, it's a good thing because one builds upon the other and it starts painting a picture and it can, it can bring growth, okay? All right, so here's a trick question and then we'll close today. Don't answer it too quick now. Uh, should we pray, like here's, here's an example of how this could work. Should we pray for greater dedication? No, don't answer that. Okay. Should we pray for greater dedication? So here's what Ephesians, I'm going to read this scripture, then I'm going to give you the answer. In Ephesians 1:16, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Notice that part that I underlined. He would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you might know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Okay, so here's the answer to the, the trick question. Okay, Paul prayed for greater revelation because revelation fuels dedication. You know, Paul never said anything in the Bible anywhere and ever prayed that people would be more dedicated. What you see there is Paul prayed that they would get revelation because it's revelation that fuels dedication. Does that make sense? In other words, you, you know, it's not like psh, you come to church, you know, pray, get in the Word, you know, and all this kind of stuff. No, Paul, Paul said, I'm praying that I'm praying, he's praying this for the saints. I'm praying that your eyes would be opened and that you'd get a revelation, okay? And then based off of that, you know, that fuels everything else. So you, you get a bunch of Christians that are doing things out of a joyful heart, not because somebody puts guilt or condemnation on or twists their arm. So it's a good thing to come and get fed, but don't ever come because you're guilty or feel condemned, but because you want to come. It's just a, greater, a better way, isn't it? And so, uh, so we, we can say, here's two things in closing. Here's two things that we can all do. Here's number one. We can all lay aside ungodly activities, as we saw there, and we can all, with a teachable heart, receive the implanted word. We can all do that for ourselves consistently. And everyone has varying degrees of ungodly activities. You know, there was a time that I was so into football that I didn't have time to read the Bible any of the guys here relate to that. That was an ungodly activity. And Patsy watched me do it when we first get married. You know, uh, one time I watched football and I had to preach that Sunday night somewhere. Uh, I, that was before I got married, but I, I watched football all day, got up and made a fool of myself on Sunday night. I wasn't prepared. Well, that was messing me up. But, you know, I had to get actually delivered from football. But that's an ungodly thing, you know. So I still do football, but I'm, I'm not like addicted to it. You know, it's different. So, you know, I, but I had to make, you know how I got out of that? I said, okay, it's come to this. So I said, I'm done. I, I'm not going to let that dominate me. I don't care. So I start saying, I don't care about my football team. I don't care if they win. I don't care who's on the team. I don't care how much they weigh, how much they can bench press. I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm turning from there, and I choose to get into the Bible and, the Word and start praying. So I started there. But then here's what happened. Two or three days passed, and I went back over here <laughs> a little. But then I said, nope, and I came back over here. It was a process. 
God loved me through the whole thing. And so that's what we can all do, okay? We can all do that. And then the second thing we can do and the best thing we can do for ourselves and for one another is we can pray the Ephesian prayers. So, you know, we, we have a, a prayer thing online and you'll notice that we pray for people in the congregation, but we pray for people that they would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. And we got prayer groups doing that, but hey, when, when you're at home and when you're at work and just think, hey, I, I just pray for Raymond Family Church people. Father, I thank you so much for all the Raymond Family Church people. Thank you, Father God. And you just start praying this prayer. Uh, I, I give thanks for them. I remember them in my prayers. Father, the Lord, of the, my, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory that you would give to them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they might know what is the hope of, that you have called them, what are, is the riches. You know, I'm kind of reading that real fast here, but you get, the, you get the point. That's the best thing we can do. You get that, your eyes are enlightened, you get that revelation knowledge, and when people start finding out who they are in Christ, now, I, I'm thankful for what I know, but I know there's more. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind and pressing on. He's pressing on to the high calling. And this is after Paul wrote so much of the Bible, after he had revival after revival, and he said, I want to know him. I, I want to know him more. I want to I keep pressing on, and we should, we should all be that way. So, so um, amen. Father, I thank you so much for everyone that's here today, Lord. I just trust, Father God, that this uh, word that was preached today, Father, works in everyone, Father God. Uh, that it, it works on, it's working on the inside, Father, and I thank you, Father God, that what's working on the inside uh, is working on the outside, Father God, that we think like you, we talk like you, we behave like you because of what's on the inside. Heavenly Father, before we go real quickly, in the event that there is somebody with us today and they think, well, that, uh, some of that, did, you know, a lot of that stuff didn't make sense to me, Father, thank you for speaking to them because Lord, we know that it, everything makes sense after you accept Jesus as Lord. So we would pray for anyone that's with us today in the event that they do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord. Father, we thank you that you speak to them by your Holy Spirit and that you let them know that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to lose, Father. Thank you for making that really clear. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.